Yes, coronavirus stories are still overtaking the land and overtaking our podcasts and our conversations throughout the week. One story we're not going to talk about is a cutoff story today. You can read about it at the website, thisisaconversation.com, where the headline is, U.S. delays April 15th tax filing deadline by 90 days. That means now July 15th is the deadline for taxes. Uh, you can check out more information on that by checking the link we have at our website. But in the meantime, like we said, that's number 11. That's a cutoff. So what stories did you say were the most important and most conversational stories? Literally, the ones that you said that people were talking about. We'll talk about them from 10 to 1 in just a moment here on the Weekly Wrap-Up with Jay Cliffin Payne. This is a show for the week ending March the 21st, 2020. And welcome to the show. My name is Jay Clinton Payne. This is the Weekly Wrap-Up, and this is a show brought to you by The Conversation Project at thisistheconversation.com. What is The Conversation Project? It is a website, it is a movement, if you will, that tries to gather the best conversations from the best conversation list. That is every Pacey, everybody from around the world. It's a website that has some social media attached that reaches out to everyone to see what stories are the most conversational, what stories are the most important, what stories are people out there in the world actually talking about as we're stuck on what I call Chiron stories, the breaking news stories that essentially never go away. Of course, we have breaking news going on right now that is COVID-19, coronavirus that is essentially taking over the world and causing very, very, very big disruptions to people in their lives all over the world as well, especially here in the States. And a lot of the news that is going on right now is attached to coronavirus stories. But there are other stories going on and some variations of the coronavirus impact so that's what we get from you right here and we get it from you very simply you do what you're always doing you check your social media go to facebook look for this is the conversation.com and twitter at th underscore conversation those accounts put down a news story about every 50 minutes throughout the days that's seven days a week and as you check your feeds and look to see what stories pop up in your feed just react to the stories on the social media like them, love them, hate them, share them, do whatever you do to get your reaction to that, whether you're in love with it or whether you just don't like it and think it's important. The higher the engagement that each one gets, the higher score it gets. And on the end of the week, every Friday, we cut it off Friday morning and we tally things up, weigh things with Twitter and Facebook and come with a total score to give you to tell you which stories are the tops and the bottoms for every week. Segment one will be the top 10 stories, counting them down 10 to 1, so you know what stories were the most important to you guys out there around the world. And yes, around the world, people around the world respond to these stories. Segment number two are the bottom five, including the almost irrelevant story of the week. Bottom five uh, go from 204 to 208, and we'll tell you what those are. We'll, we'll gloss over those headlines pretty quickly, but give you a bit more detail on the almost irrelevant story of the week. And in segment three, we just wrap things up. We go over uh, how the numbers laid out, errors, omissions, things that we, we screwed up in the process or things we pushed together in the process to make this go a little smoother, and then say thank you and give you all the big details again. For more information about all the stuff that happens here, all you have to do is simply go to the website, thisisaconversation.com. You'll see links to every single story, all 16, the, the cutoff story, the top 10, and the bottom five will be links so you can get into those in more detail at the website, thisisaconversation.com. Links for you to follow us on our social media, as well as to sign up for our daily newsletter or Monday through Thursday newsletter, which gives you the eight things every single morning that we're talked about. So you go into your your workplace or whatever place you're going to to know what people are chattering about. Although there's not a lot of working, so there's a little less chatter, but you still find a way to get connected. That's one way we help you feel connected with the world by knowing what we are all talking about via that line of service. So without further ado, let's get into the contest, uh, context of the contesting of the conversation for this week. We start off at number 10 this week with the story uh, that has a headline that sounds a lot like this. Fox Sports suspends production on daily studio shows through March 20th, maybe longer. The story was posted on Monday the 16th of March. It gets a bump in response. That means more people responded to this story than the previous, our cutoff story, of 1.27%. 
We got this article particularly from awfulannouncing.com, the blog that keeps up with sports news. But it's a story that's all over the place. I'm not even going to go into reading the story this time. Uh, You can check out the link and see more of it, details for this one in particular. Uh, But Fox Sports, uh, Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2, the two cable versions of its, its chatterbox shows that compete with ESPN, essentially shut down all their studio shows very, very early in the wake of what was happening. They didn't want to have people coming in dealing with the uh, coronavirus spread because we were still in the early stages of trying to figure out what exactly was going on. And so they shut down their production fairly early and they put a date as of March the 20th. We will see how long that goes because they basically were just sort of in limbo. Fairly soon after that, ESPN shut down most of its afternoon programming and its early morning sports center. All of it was being produced out of the same general studios. So they were basically keeping those people safe uh, as well in D.C. Uh, we will see how long they continue to do their off their, their off script schedule, off script stuff, because they don't have programming to go as well. One of the oddities of this time right now is that ESPN and Fox Sports and other venues that do these things don't have their product to put on the air. They're not producing sports. There's no live sports going on. There's not a lot of sports to talk about. And we'll get to what's going on in the background in the next story, actually. That's at least something to talk about. Uh, but there's not a lot to go on for ESPN so or Fox Sports. So what do we do? Now, ESPN had a similar, we posted a similar um, posting on them, and they did come in. It inside of the more or less range of the top 15, but it did not make top 10 material. Only Fox Sports 1 was slightly above that uh, to make it into the 10 spot exactly. So th- so this gets us a chance to talk about both of those channels and what's going on. And what's going on uh, is since Mar- March Madness would be what would be upon us right now, a lot of old basketball being being showed for both the pros, because the NBA would be playing uh, for March Madness, old versions of those games, a lot of people reliving those old stories. Uh, for hockey, the same thing. Baseball, the same thing. Everything that would be live right now, we're playing replays of older versions of the, the uh, older episodes, it's hard to say, but games from years gone by. It's a rough time right now with everyone being self-quarantined, sheltering in place, not having much to do. And not much new going on, especially something like sports, which usually lifts us up. We stay with sports for the number nine story and go to something that's really, really interesting. Panthers give Cam Newton permission to seek trade. This is something we received from essentially the NFL. It's the Panthers' official website is the source for this one. They gave the press release that Cam Newton can now look for his own new team. This was put out to y'all, at least in our form, on Tuesday, the 17th of June. It gets a bump response from the number 10 story of 9.32%. Now, I'm also not going to read this one because I can stretch into other stories as well. Uh, but Cam Newton, the star, uh, the face, the franchise, essentially, for the Carolina Panthers since his drafting uh, from coming out of college and being the amazing player that he's been, is uh, looking to move on. The Panthers essentially are looking to rebuild, reshuffle, and look towards the future. Cam Newton, not quite a spring chicken, uh, but still have a couple um, a couple more years left in his legs, if you can say it. So they're giving him a chance to shop himself around and not just trade him off to somebody else for some, for something else. What was interesting about this story making the nine spot is that this is also the week that Tom Brady announced he was leaving the 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 Patriots. Actually, I think he made it announced last week, but he signed he signed this week officially with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's also the week that my favorite team, the Saints, re-signed their quarterback Drew Brees for another two years. So two of the oldest quarterbacks are still playing, one going for maybe one last ring and one new, one new place as the Patriots look to rebuild, one sticking from two more years for another quick run there, and Cam Newton looking for a new place, much younger than those two guys, uh, like relatively much younger than those two guys, gets the real big headlines. People cared more about Cam Newton, or maybe it was the timing and placement of the stories, than they care about the GOAT, Tom Brady, or either drew Brees. it's interesting how these stories always play out you just kind of have to see wait and see always the wait and see in the week see how they pop up like this you can of course read more stories read more into cam newton if you want to get into that one by going to this is a conversation.com click on the link for this week's podcast which is for march the 21st 2020 all the stories we're talking about are on this podcast or are on the website this week This next story is a very, very strange one, and updates have come, so I will give you updates 
to the story. But the original headline that we posted on Friday, the 13th of March, is this. Andrew Gillum found in Miami Beach hotel room with suspected drug. And like I said, we posted this on Friday the 13th. It gets a bump response from the nine story of 14.73%. Here is the write-up from the original write-up, essentially, from the Miami Herald, which we posted on that day. Andrew Gillum who in 2018 came within 34,000 votes of becoming Florida's governor, was discovered by police at South Beach Hotel early Friday morning in a room with bags of possible crystal meth and in the company of a man who appeared to have overdosed on drugs, according to Miami Beach Police Report. Police say they were called to the Mondrian South Beach early Friday morning and found paramedics treating Travis Dyson, a 30-year-old Miami man, for apparent heart attack. They also say two older men were in the room, Aldo Mejas and Gillum. Police say Gillum, who was not arrested, was too intoxicated to answer questions. An offense incident report says that officers found three clear plastic baggies of suspected crystal meth on the bed on the floor. Gillum, a former Tallahassee mayor and Democrat, issued a statement on Friday afternoon in which he denied using drugs. Now, the update to the story is that Andrew Gillum went into rehab a few uh, days after this report came out. No actual updates to that part of the story. No um, rehab stories, if you will. Uh, but we'll see what comes up with that. A lot of questions going out and a lot of talk, and a lot of chatter in the podcast world and blogosphere of what's going to happen. Oddly enough, with the Democratic Party, with Gillum being a rising star and a big voice right now in the party and with Gillum himself and, of course, all the thoughts and prayers that, that are needed going to him to figure out what exactly he is, for lack of better terms, his problem is, what he needs to deal with personally as opposed to just professionally. Because it's a two it's a two sides of the coin. There are the professional life, that is, what happens now. A lot of people thinking this may be kind of a, a Mary and Barry type deal and a lot of stuff on the personal life because the man has a life, the man has a family, man has things going on that he must actually live through, not just the day-to-day uh, politics, which is just a job in the long run. We go to a story that's a follow-up to the times that we are living in, unfortunately. And this is one that one of our, our, one of our regular uh, responders to stories uh, literally pegged on the nose, saw this one coming. Here is the headline we posted. NYC to begin releasing inmates amid coronavirus outbreak. We posted on Thursday, the 19th of March, a bumper response of 5.41% from the previous story at number eight. Now, this is one that um, I'm going to do a whole lot of sort of just uh, commentary on these. So just bear with me. This is one that, as I said, one of our usual suspects on Twitter, AARP goddess, uh, pegged this one on the nose. And we had a previous story about the California governor doing the same thing. Um, She literally, after we posted that one, she said, it's coming here. She is a New Yorker, and she pegged it. This was coming here. It's actually coming to a lot of places. We're seeing it here where I am locally in Arkansas. Uh, What's happening is not they're not just opening the floodgates of, you know, the prisons and letting them go free. They're releasing a lot of very low offenders to back into the, the general population of life because that's less people inside of jails to possibly get infected. And, of course, less people coming in and out from various some aspects who infected the population. Someone being picked up on a drug charge that might have been at a party two weeks ago that could have had a chance to kind of contact with the coronavirus is a threat and a danger to everyone else in the prison if they spend their whatever amount of time inside locked up and they can get people infected. So to keep that from happening, uh, the jails across the nation, literally across the world, we've seen a lot of stories about Iran and places like that just releasing prisoners. They're letting out lower-level prisoners to go back into the regular world who hopefully be good citizens and do their things. New York, just one of uh, uh, basically dozens of states who have already done this in some similar manner, Probably more places will do it fairly soon because of the dire situations that we're looking at. So in times like these, we look for stories to really take our mind off the seriousness of the seriousness. And this next story, as I said, not a fan, but uh, you people care. So you people put this as a six one this week and just a six. The headline is The Bachelors Peter Weber and Madison 
Pirouette, Pirouette, not a fan, sorry if I misspelled her name, uh, announced they're going separate ways. Friday, the 13th, also posted this one, 21.79% bump in response from the number seven story. Yes, as I say, not a fan of the most of the reality shows, definitely not a Bachelor, Bachelorette, or Bachelor in Paradise follower, but E! Online gave us a story. You guys said it was important. I must talk about that. Let's get to this story. I'm going to read a bit of this one from E! Online. That was fast. Just a few days after reuniting live on stage at the finale of The Bachelor and facing the harsh opinions of Peter's mother and of all of Bachelor Nation, Peter Weber and Madison Pruitt have announced they do not plan to date each other after all. In a lengthy post, Peter first acknowledged how great this, his group of women was and thanked Madison for her, quote, patience and unconditional love. Quote, Maddie and I have mutually decided not to pursue our relationship any further. Believe me, this was not an easy for either of us to be okay with, but after a lot of honest conversations, we have agreed that this is what makes most sense to two of us. The love and respect I have for Maddie will continue to endure. Madison also posted, explaining that she believes she and Peter were meant to cross paths no matter what from her. So incredibly thankful for this amazing journey I've had the honor of being a part of. I have grown so much and am stronger than I am ever going than I was going in. I have learned the importance of acceptance, forgiveness, and grace. As Peter and I have decided to go our separate ways, I am confident that we will both move in the direction of our purpose and never forget that God has a plan in all things. I will always love and respect him. I am convinced our paths were meant to cross, and we are both better because of that. It's always amazing that God has uh, great plans for people that are on TV reality shows, and especially now that they can become Super famous for doing absolutely nothing else for a extended period of time. It's amazing how many of these people stay famous or stay in the limelight beyond their shelf life of what's on. I mean, I mean, Omarosa notwithstanding because she's Omarosa, but some of these people doing all these shows going over and over again is ridiculous. I'm not a fan of Bachelors, not a fan of the karaoke shows, the dating shows, the silly shows, because they get a little tedious. There's only so much talent and so much caring I can do about different people. I, and that's just me. You folks like this show. You folks like this news. You folks wanted to be in the top 10 this week. And you put it at number five, which mean I had to talk about it. So there it is. I also have to talk about this story at number four because you guys put it in here. It is coronavirus, uh, or number five, I should say. You guys put it in here. It's coronavirus uh, related. And... Um, yeah, you guys are really looking for things to do while in your self-isolation. Headline, Japanese porn company makes 200 movies available for free due to coronavirus COVID-19. Sunday, the 15th of March was the day we posted this one. So this one's been around for quite some time. It gets a bump response from the sixth story of 27.37%. That many people were into this one. I'm going to read a little bit from Kotuko, the blog. They were just normally like a gaming blog, but they're kind of yeah, they 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 need content too. So here we go. Because of coronavirus and COVID nineteen concerns, social distancing has become the word of the day. Folks are at home. They might need something to do. Well, thanks to one Japanese adult filmmaker, we can watch adult videos for free. As reported on Live Door News, Japanese porn maker Soft On Demand has made around 200 videos available for free viewing at its website. The company is saying this free campaign is, quote, support for those at home on alert. People still need to register for the SOD site, but once they do, they can pass the time as they wait out coronavirus COVID-19 concerns this month by watching online porn for free. Well, one of the issues I had with so many people getting to the free porn is that you have to register for it. And the site uh, the, the site blew up a couple times. But if you're still looking for the free porn from the site, uh, check out the link at our website. This is conversation.com. Click on the story and you can find the details there. Yes, all the stories we're talking about are at our website. So you can check out all the stories. But if this is one that catches your interest, well, more power to you. 
Let's keep going. Moving on to the story at the number four spot this week. We keep on keeping on as things are going. Uh, this is more stuff that's actually serious news on coronavirus. And this is one that I'm going to basically commentary because it's happened. It's essentially spread across the nation. On Sunday, 15th of March, we posted a story with a bumper response of 28.10%. The headline was, California, Ohio, Illinois, Massachusetts closed bars and restaurants in efforts to slow coronavirus. USA Today is the source for that story, and that's pretty much self-explanatory because wherever you are across the 50 states, chances are you have been giving warnings about going out, hanging out with people, and doing your social distancing. Here in Arkansas, we've had the same the same thing come down. It's it's been basically a city by city thing up till very recently. But uh, uh, basically, all restaurants, all bars, all meeting establishments where people can gather and eat and drink and and kind of commiserate uh, are closed to the public. However, they are still open for drive through and pickup situations. You just can't sit in a restaurant right now. They're still they're serving, they're still cooking things up, they're still getting things done. There's still people out there who are getting work done and working and getting paid for that. Unfortunately, the socializing part and the fun part of the excursion, being out, is out. You basically have to pick it up and take it back home. This is something that is going to be around for quite a bit of time, we're understanding. It's just something that we're all going to have to live with going forward. And when it's over, I'm not sure what types of changes we will actually have towards the future, but we'll definitely have some sort of changes in our lifestyle looking forward from this. On Wednesday, the 18th of March, we had this story. Preliminary 5.7 magnitude earthquake strikes 10 miles east of Salt Lake City, Utah. ABC News was the source for this on their website, and this story received a bumper response of 44.52%. This was a real-time tragedy going on. Uh, we're going to read a little bit from the story and kind of give you a bit from there. Uh, but the biggest thing that, that happened from it was um, also in the full headline was because power and situations, things got taken, got knocked out. It knocked out temporarily the coronavirus hotline in this in the city. So let me read you from the story. A 5.7 magnitude earthquake struck just outside Salt Lake City early Wednesday, knocking out the state's coronavirus hotline, according to the governor. The temporary COVID-19 information line was set up at 1-844-442-5224. This was the state's largest earthquake since 1992, according to Utah's emergency management. There were no reports of injuries, but Salt Lake City Airport was temporarily knocked out of operations, officials said. Dr. Scott Williams, a Salt Lake City physician, told ABC News that his uh, house has just started to shake violently. And his first thought was, has a truck gone off the road and is coming into my house? It lasted about 15, 20 seconds, shaking pretty hard, he said. Then I felt swaying for about 15 seconds. Williams added, we were all supposed to be social distancing and now we all need to get together and check on each other. ESPN reporter Holly Rowe tweeted that she was shaken out of the sound sleep by the quake. Power was knocked out to 50,000 customers, including the studio of ABC Salt Lake City affiliate KTVX, where anchor Brian Carlson said he felt at least 20 aftershocks. Abby Huntsman, former co-host of ABC News' The View, told ABC News, I didn't expect to be woken up by a 5.7 earthquake. All I could think to do was that Momo was to run and grab my sleeping kids. Check out the link for this story from this week's episode. Go to thisistheconversation.com. Click the episode for this week, the weekly wrap-up for this week, which is the week ending March the 21st, 2020. And you can see some of the stories that people posted on social media, some stories that were picked up by ABC News themselves of what was happening in this. And that's what's what's so really surreal about this. There is a a essentially a nationwide order to stay away from people. And then something like this happens when your actual response is to check in to make sure people are OK. Uh, um, as we got from this story, not a lot of no, no fatalities, no injuries, nothing serious. But a lot of people who are already rattled up by one thing being literally rattled up by something else in real time. The number two story this week, UAW calls for a two-week shutdown of Big Three Auto Plants. Tuesday, the 17th, the day we posted this one, and this one, another massive bump in response of 46.21%. This is a big story um, because everything is a big story, dealing with coronavirus and dealing with 
the economy and dealing with what's going on. Because people not working aren't making goods to be bought and people aren't out there buying goods. There have been big issues of what's going on. Now, in real time, most of the auto workers have shuttered their operations or at least slowed them down a bit. There aren't too many cars coming down the lines anytime soon, but we do have some places that are still working on minor parts and keeping things going to keep some workers going, keep some lines moving because the economy. What is the newer thing that you'll probably hear about coming up next week? We'll see if, if a story pops up that goes high enough is the government and the auto workers and other manufacturers are reaching out to each other to help build the things that we really need right now. And that is the respirators that the nation's governors say we are short on and that governments, both local, federal and states, are having issues getting hands on because they're just not enough of them. Uh, we will see what's happening. And basically, anyone that makes a respirator of any type, including some experimental ones and some startups doing things that are innovative, are trying to overproduce as much as possible because we are undercounting the numbers we may need as an, as we expect more cases of coronavirus to go up. So what you will be seeing soon, or we should be seeing soon, are car makers uh, converting their lines to build things like respirators and other sort of equipments on those lines. Also, some places that the manufacturers are shifting to making more masks, more of the masks that are of the gauge that can be used for doctors in the true caring of people with the coronavirus. We will see how long it takes for people to turn their lines over, get things going, get things moving. But right now, people are doing what they can to adjust to what's happening. Americans are seeing the problem in real time and doing what they can to get on the fix even as we go through our social distancing even as we go through our, our being away from each other we're doing what we can and right now we are at the number one story and so the number one story always gets a bit of extra fanfare so let's do it this story was posted on tuesday the 17th of march so this one lasted quite a while this week it gets a bumper response from the number two story of only 8.7%. So not that much. We had some fairly serious jumps this week, though. A bumper response from the number 10 story, which is Fox News suspending its operations for live, uh, live talk chat TV, 503%. And from the almost irrelevant story this week, the story number 208 on the list, it is more responsive by 8,800%. The headline for this story is this. Super rich stranded as private jet operators say no to travel. Bloomberg.com is the source for this story. We're going to read a little bit about this one because it is uh, interesting. It may be more sour grapes that you guys got this, or maybe you just got a kick out of it that this is why it's at the top. But we are glad with these times of trouble and treachery that we have some stories that are a bit lighter, a bit sort of on the funny side, even though there's a there's a serious business sense to this one. But uh, let's let me give you a little bit on this one, because it is uh, maybe ironic that this is how some people have ended up. Private jet operators are turning away wealthy clients as Corona jet related travel bans restrict their ability to operate. Despite a surge in requests from people willing to shell out as much as one hundred fifty thousand dollars to secure a spot on their planes. Inquiries for international flights and private jets have shot up ninefold, said Kanika Tariwa founder of New Delhi-based Jet Set Go, as individuals with a vast financial means try to escape virus hotspots. One of her clients, an Indian tycoon, tried to book a jet to fly with his family to New Delhi from London last week, but he remained stranded in the UK after a sudden travel suspension in a stopover country came in just half an hour before they were due to depart. India then announced a ban on flights from Europe and the UK on Monday, potentially leaving the tycoon stranded in London indefinitely. The Indian ban comes into effect on Wednesday. Go to the website and read the, and click the link for the story, and you can go deeper in details on how this is an issue. And it's a little bit funny, just a little bit funny, that it's the rich people with the money and means to get a plane, get a ticket, get on uh, private jets to get where they need to go that had some of the biggest issues getting around. Granted, part of the issues now are severe travel bans that don't allow p planes to go from place to place or more specifically, 
people from different areas to go from place to place, even if it's a case where a lot of them were trying to do the best to return uh, people home, repatriate people to their place of origin. Here in the United States, the State Department said uh, basically they're shutting things down within a couple of days from here. If you've not found a way to get home within a couple of days from wherever you are, you will be stuck there for quite some time and don't expect the embassy to get you out. You may have to find your way out of a serious situation if you don't get back to the States essentially right now. This is a lighter story based on the headline, but a serious issue based on the situation. We here, me here in the States, uh, are sitting here, you know, away from people, not doing very much, going to work, but working around as few people as possible, uh, going to this grocery store and the pharmacy, but but not wandering around. My daughter uh, yesterday remarked the fact that we went to the grocery store where our pharmacy is and remarked that there were a lot of people in the store, which is true. There seems to be lots of people in the store. Uh, but they're in the store because the hours are now constricted and there's, there's have plenty of distance between each other. And because shortages of stuff, you have to keep coming back for different times to look for different things. Um, this is a serious situation. We are in with COVID-19. There's no joking matter in what we're looking at. We as a world need to figure a couple things out. This is not a you know apocalyptic situation but it is kind of a come to jesus moment where we need to really learn about what are important this is something that take a little more time that we probably ought to but we are going to figure out a way to get past it and we as neighbors although we can't gather as neighbors which is kind of the really hard odd part are doing what we can to make sure everybody is safe so in the meantime i'm going to wrap up the top 10 by reminder uh, that make sure you're checking in on people send them a text do some calls do some chats i've had plenty of folks in the last couple of days have virtual uh movie screenings where people would basically get on skype and get on their their streaming stuff turn on their netflix watch the same movie and chat back and forth for people all over the country it's been a strange time it's been a difficult time for a lot of cases but it's been a time where you know right now we're figuring out the biggest issue right now is time and how much time in the meantime we're gonna do what we can to keep you informed on what people are talking about so that you do have a lifeline we are here for you so apologies for being a little haggard and strained but we're gonna do what we can to produce this podcast produce our eight minute eight things to talk about newsletter produce all the content you know so you, you can keep in touch with what people are really saying and you can be a part of that and keep people saying things by simply going to your social media on facebook look us up at this is a conversation look us up there on instagram as well on twitter it's th underscore conversation throughout the day on facebook and Insta- facebook and twitter should say we will be posting stories uh, every 50 minutes or so a new link to new story and all you have to do is react to it engage with it respond to it the more responses that a story gets the higher score it gets and if it's a very high score it comes in the top 10 if it's a low score it'll be in the bottom five or maybe not talk about it all so we will give you a little love to the stories that no one gave much love to this week just for some perspective the next segment where we do the bottom five including the almost relevant story for the week story 208 for this week this is the weekly wrap-up with jay cliffin Payne. this is show for the week ending march 21st 2020 The weekly wrap-up, the conversation project, because this is conversation.com, is powered by you. And once again, we're going to ask you to help us keep the power on. If you believe that you're hearing a podcast and you're getting content that is worthy of your attention, giving you a good service, we're asking you to help us keep the service going. The biggest thing you can do and the thing that's always free is just spread the word. Tell people about the podcast. Tell people about the website. Tell people about the newsletter. Get people involved so that we, one, have more people in the conversation to get better conversations and to spread the word, continue on. I can bother you less and bother them more, believe it or not. 
There's also ways that you can help us out financially, and that's something that's very important in this time right now. Uh, we always ask, uh, this is the section where we usually give you a sponsor to uh, to check in, someone that can do something for you that we get a bit of commission for for you using them. But right now, we're asking you to, to, to consider joining us for essentially being one of our sponsors, being one of our patrons. There's a couple of ways that you can do that. The main way is going to patreon.com, patreon.com slash this is the conversation to be exact. And you can join up for a, being a monthly patron for our our podcast here. There are specials, things that we'll send out to you, including um, commercial-free podcasts. This thing's not commercial-free, but we'll send you different things going on that for insiders you get onto it. And you can also say you are a real insider and help the conversation go along by being directly into the conversation. You can buy us real quick. Funds and send coffee to me by going to buymeacoffee.com or ko-fi.com. I'm on both sites. Slash J Cleveland Payne. Check those out. It, it goes there as well. And as I said, you can check out the sponsors in the newsletter or the website as well. And the most important thing you, you can do is literally share the podcast with other people. Get more people involved because the people who do have to listen to commercials. We'll get a few extra pennies for that as well. We thank you so much for joining us for the conversation every single week and being a part of the conversation in the chat, in the emails, and, of course, in the social media. Oh, by the way, you can always email me at theconversationinbox at gmail.com for anything, and we'll try to talk it out. In the meantime, thank you so much for helping us keep the conversation going, and hopefully we are doing what we can to help you get through these very strange times. The structure of this podcast have done has been through some shifts back and forth. It's about four years in the podcast mode of doing a weekly top ten podcast. The top ten has never changed. The bottom five has been in different sorts of forms as we have evolved. I believe giving just the top ten doesn't really give you the full perspective for what's happening. So that's why we do the bottom five now in a certain format. Who knows? It may change. So many things have changed in the world. This may change soon as well. What I'm going to give you right now are a listing of the stories from 204 to 208. We'll give you the headline and maybe the, and give you basically the posting for the first four. And then the bottom one, we will give you a bit more perspective. We'll read a little bit of what we call the almost irrelevant story of the week. Most of the time, these bottom five stories are stories that don't get a lot of traction because they're posted late in our window. We take stories from essentially midnight on Friday to about four or five in the morning the next Friday. So basically seven days plus five, six hours. So things posted late Thursday, early Friday don't get enough chance to really catch on. So most of those things are there. However, sometimes there are stories that are posted earlier in the week that just don't catch on either. And so we like to see what stories they are that turn in that, that route. This weekend, it's basically stories that were late posting, so no big surprise. But these are stories that, uh, unfortunately, the Friday stories may actually have a chance to catch up and be in next week. Sometimes they do. They just pop up just at the wrong time. Let's talk about 204, story 204 right now. That is the headline, K.E. ZK to begin Christmas in March on Friday. Uh, Friday, the 20th of March is the day we posted that, so it was actually a story from the day before that didn't get posted into late in the, the late in the evening, early in the morning, if you will. And that's a, that's a, a radio station out of St. Louis where they're doing their normal Christmas music, which normally happens in November, right around Thanksgiving, or maybe earlier if a station's about to change hands and they're going to go, go to a different format. They want to cheer people up. They're going to Christmas music right now, which is also a trend where many people are going to putting up their Christmas decorations right now. Click the link for that story so you can find out where they are. You can make stream them maybe and give them some support for their Christmas love in March. Story number 205, Advocacy Group calls for Zoom to release a transparency report posted on Thursday the 19th of March. This is an advocacy group that's looking for Zoom to put out some information to be transparent about the data it's collecting because now a lot of people are using Zoom extensively for meetings and work situations. They want to make sure that Zoom's not stealing data or using data nefariously, so they are calling for this right out. Check the link out for that story as well. The story at number 206, 
Kentucky gas station sells out after lowering prices to 99 cents per gallon Thursday, the 19th of March for that one as well. As you would expect, a run on gas would be serious here, and 99-cent gas would be a serious, bad, seriously bad thing right now. I actually remember when gas was around 99 cents uh, like 20, 25 years ago, and it's slowly going up uh, from time. Uh, r- gas prices are great if you you know want to basically set things on fire or, or because that's what it's worth right now. You can't go anywhere, can't do anything, and the market's being, being set uh, – a blaze, for lack of a better term, uh, by the Russians doing what they're doing with their oil markets, it's getting really crazy. Because there's nowhere to go, no reason to go there right now, low gas prices isn't helping anyone. And in fact, it's really hurting people who are actually out there still trying to work to produce oil and produce gas. Check the link out for the story about this one as an anecdotal sign of what happens when one station dropped it to 99 cents. But this is something that's going to be a much more serious issue as time goes on with the lower prices of fuel. For number 2207, I should say, U.S. to buy initial 300 million barrels of oil for emergency stockpiling. Also along the same veins, that was posted Thursday the 19th as well. Check out the link for that story to get more deeper details and what it means to have this oil and stuff on demand in supply in case something goes wrong, especially since it's really, really cheap to have it on, on site. But what having so much on site in reserves also does for the economy. Now, the story at 208, which is um, interesting that it's here, and maybe if we had it, came, it was posted earlier or had more time to, to live, it might have been a top 10 story. It could possibly be a top 10 story going forward. Uh, it was posted on Friday, the 20th, so it's possible it could make its way and live for eight days. But here's our headline that we posted for the story that was two, or sorry, 8,800% less responsive than the number one story this week. Coronavirus kills off Playboy as Hugh Hefner's magazine acts after 66 years. We get the story from Mirror.com, Mirror.co.uk, the the United Kingdom's uh, Mirror website. Uh, they're from their, their paper, and it's an interesting story. We're going to read you bits of it because it's at the bottom, so you get some context going from there. The world's most famous porn magazine has been axed after 66 years. The spring edition of Playboy, which hits newsstands this week, will be the last printed. Founded by the late Hugh Hefner, the magazine has become a cultural touchpoint recognized by 97% of the world's population, its current editor claims. After years of declining sales, the decision has been made to finally stop the print edition to focus on online content. Ben Cohn, CEO of Playboy Enterprises, said the decision to call it a day was sped up by the coronavirus pandemic. He wrote in an open letter, over the past 66 years, we've become far more than a magazine. And sometimes you have to let go of the past and make room for the future. So we're turning our attention to achieving more our mission in the most effective and impactful way we can to help create a culture where all people can pursue pleasure. Go to the article and read deeper into it because it's a very, very long article. It goes into a lot of the tricks and turns, trials and tribulations, some of the good and some of the bad of the days of Playboy as a magazine. In fact, going into the history of the start of Playboy, which is in all sense a very, very big story on entrepreneurship and story on being creative and being a business person, being Hugh Hefner, turning a small idea into a large enterprise, which unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, was based around objectivity and turned into women being naked. Now, the enterprise that was Playboy had clubs that were, of course, men exclusive. Uh, They had a lot of work for people actually reading Playboy for the articles. They had a lot of great journalism done by Playboy uh, journalists, even though the the actual thing that brought people in were the centifolds. Uh, But it's a very detailed and very complicated history that is Playboy magazine. The magazine itself is now history, but as you heard, they're continuing along with their online efforts, which is a whole lot less on the interviews and a whole lot more on the porn, which is, has its own issues because free porn is pretty much rampant on the internet, so why are they paying Playboy for it? That's a question I can't answer because 
well, I'm just not going to answer it. What I can tell you is that we will give you some of the stats and numbers and some things that we talked about in the story, some of the hows and whys around things coming up in just a moment in the final segment for the podcast. This is the weekly wrap-up with Jay Cleveland Payne. This is a show for the week ending March 21st, 2020. Two years ago, we bought the book Good Night Stories for Rebel Girls for my daughter, who was at the time four or five-ish, and it was a way to get some stories about powerful women to her for bedtime stories. Now, while maybe some of the stories were a bit too big for her at the time, uh, the franchise that is the Rebel Girls franchise has exploded. They had a second volume of the books. They've had other people essentially copy their style or maybe they copy their style doesn't really matter and they've come out now with chapter books on various women that gives deeper detail into their story for older girls something they also created along the line was a podcast and it is something that is now blowing up and now that we're looking for more positive things to listen to and more educational things at this time where we're kind of bored right now this is something that we're posting this week as our podcast for the Spotlight this week. It is the Rebel Girls podcast, and you can find it by going to their website, rebelgirls.com, and clicking on the link for podcasts. Now, what you're going to see are stories that are narrated by various people and some deeper details in, in various stories about women who have basically did what they could do to change the world. Some of them will be some that you know fairly fairly extensively so they'll sound familiar with a new twist some of them are people you've probably never heard of before but you don't know exactly how much they've actually influenced the world until you get their story and some will be just interesting women that are just interesting and fun to know about and this is something that's good for girls and boys and men and women so you can learn more about stories about women who have changed the world that are created to teach young girls that a little bit of fearlessness and a whole lot of gumption can go a long way in making an impact towards the world that even little girls with with little dreams can grow up to be women with fine careers and fine real defining ideas that can change the world so check them out go to rubbergirls.com and click on podcasts or just search for rebel girls wherever your pods are cast they're basically everywhere you can find new stories and old stories as they post them periodically throughout the time we are using the rebel girls podcast as this week's podcast spotlight As far as the numbers go, it really wasn't all that strange for numbers-wise uh, for the podcast this week. As far as getting it done, it really was pretty strange with all the things going on between uh, the day job, which was essentially managing crises, crises, uh, dealing with people working remotely because of coronavirus shutdowns, and just the lifestyle of my own shutdown where now my child is doing school remotely and it's uh pretty hard being a worker and a teacher and just kind of working through things themselves. I also posted a couple of videos this week and a couple of things about other podcasting uh, world about uh, dealing with some of the stuff, including one podcast and one video uh, where I basically lay out a line that I am flat out tired, not sure exactly where going forward is, although I know going forward is going to happen. So if you need something Going forward, you can simply reach out to us at the conversation inbox at gmail.com or email me directly at jclevenpain at gmail.com and we can try to work those things out. Now, to wrap up this podcast, which is what you really want, the numbers right now, uh, this week it was a very, very heavy Twitter week at 95.25% on the Twitter side. Only 4.75% of the responses came from the Facebook side. Uh, as far as the top 10 stories, they took up for the engagement, they took up all of 24% of what happened, 24.75%, so basically 25%, a quarter of what was going on this week were encaptured in the first segment of the show, about a half a percent, 0.48%, captured in the second part of the show. So that's where our thoughts lied. A lot of things happening. The Bachelor, a big deal. That Plain Story, a big deal. Uh, people going into uh, shutdowns, a big deal. And a lot of those stories will be big deals. 
unfortunately, most of the stories going forward will be of a coronavirus nature and variations of those because they are overtaking everything. There's still plenty of news going on and still plenty of things to talk about. Unfortunately, most of them are essentially day-to-day stuff for coronavirus. We will keep you informed on what people are really talking about on those ends, also about other stories as well. Check us out at our website, thisisaconversation.com, and look for how you can get involved. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, Facebook, This Is A Conversation, Twitter, TH underscore conversation, and every 50 minutes as a story pops up in your feed, you see it, respond to it, reply to it, like it, love it, hate it. The more engagement, the higher score it gets. We have a newsletter that goes out Monday through Thursday that tells you the eight things to talk about from the previous days that gives you a chance to have conversations with people. Even if it's just um, you know via chat, you know what people are talking about from the previous day, what big stories come through from that last, for the weekend, it's the weekend, and for Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it's the last 24 hours. We also put out periodically uh, top fives of the day, so you know what things are going throughout the day. Check those out as well. Instagram has those. And the big important thing you can do right now is basically keep us going. We're asking you if you feel we're giving you great input, great insights and great output of content. Follow us at our our locations. Also, consider Patreon or buy me a coffee. Patreon is patreon.com slash this is a conversation to be a monthly patron. Try buy me a coffee slash Jay Cleveland Payne. Uh, buymecoffee.com slash Payne. if you want to just buy me one cup of coffee keep things going uh, check out our sponsors on any of the platforms that you see it also helps as well and check out our podcast this week I am suggesting you go to the rebelgirls.com website and follow their podcast whether you have a rebel girl are a rebel girl or just curious about what rebel girls are into uh, it's a interesting enlightening and a good way to get in some history right now as the real time stuff is a little little scary The best thing you can do for us always is just share the podcast with other people. We are basically on any podcatcher that you're looking for. Uh, And if you can't find us, go to our website. This is the conversation.com. And there are links there for all the podcatchers where we should be at. If we're not on your favorite one, send me an email and we will take care of that as quickly as possible. The conversation inbox at gmail.com. Right now, I'm going to say thank you, thank you, thank you. This does not happen without you, um, despite some of the technical glitches and just the news being so full of coronavirus news. We're still producing content. We're still hopefully producing good content, and hopefully you can bear with us in some of the shakiness I'm making things work right now. In the meantime, make sure you subscribe yourself and come back next week for another great edition of the weekly wrap-up show with Jay Cliff and Payne. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.